Did you know that in Christ you have an indestructible life? That's fantastic news all the time, but it's especially encouraging when life gets hard or feels uncertain. Don't give up. Satan can't have you, the world can't overcome you, and the challenges you face can't stop you. In Christ, you're indestructible. Hello and welcome to The Indestructible Life. I'm your host, Emily Wickham, and it truly is a delight to connect with you again through God's Word. In today's episode, we're going to consider Queen Esther, a woman God used in mighty ways. And before I get into Esther's story, I wanted to share a brief testimony because it recently occurred to me how God has given me some longtime desires of my heart. Let me start with an early recollection I have, and that is, goodness, I don't even know how old I was. I was either like a preteen or early teenage years, but I had a desire to minister to women. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't even uh, relish the thought of doing anything publicly because that really makes me nervous. I've gotten better (laughs) through the years with all of that. But at any rate, that was an early desire of mine to minister to women. And I can look back over the years and see how God has granted me that desire and I, when I initially got started with my writing and speaking, I had a picture in my mind of how I wanted all of this to come about, but it did not come to fruition in that way, but God has still granted me the desire of my heart to minister to women, and it really is very special to me. So I'm just picturing you all seated out there listening in to this podcast and just rejoicing that God has given me this ability to connect with you through a podcast. You know, I never even had heard of something like that when I was a young woman. I didn't even have, you know, the ability to imagine something like this. But here we are connecting in this way. And I'm so grateful. Um, And the other desire of my heart God has granted is giving me a wonderful husband and wonderful children. That is something I can remember when I was in college and I was thinking about what I wanted to major in. I really could not think of something I was passionate about other than thinking I just want to get married and have children. (laughs) And God has allowed me to do that. And I am so grateful. I I hope my children know how very, very, very much I love them. And of course, my husband as well. I'm so thankful for him. And we have been through a lot together, but God has knit our hearts together. And I'm so thankful for him. So I wanted to to kind of tie these two desires of my heart together and just kind of share this testimony that has recently come to my mind, you know, I've just really kind of put it all together. So 
in the process of being married for more than 30 years and having these four wonderful children, I have still carried this desire to minister to women. But as most of you probably know, that when you're married and you have children, (laughs) that is a full-time commitment. And uh, so I have spent the years being a wife and being a mom, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, make that different. But because I'm a wife and because I'm a mom, I did not have the ability to travel throughout the world. And, you know, God never even opened that door for me to travel throughout this country, speaking and sharing Christ with women. But because of the way technology has grown, I'm able to minister through this podcast and through my YouTube channel and through my blog, I can minister to women throughout the world. And it's incredible. And I just want to praise God for that today. I thank him from the bottom of my heart that he's given me these desires and he has fulfilled these desires of being a wife and a mom and also of ministering to women. I never would have dreamed he would have brought it all together in this fabulous way. But He has. He has done that. And so my encouragement to you today is if God is calling you to to do something, follow him. Don't let the naysayers or your fears or anything prevent you from stepping out in faith and doing what God has put on your heart to do. He will bring it all together. And as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us these desires of our heart. Well, with all that being said, and with a special welcome to all of you who are tuning in, let me open us with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you with the humble desire to become more like Jesus. Please teach us by the Holy Spirit from the life of Esther. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Now, as we consider Esther, it's interesting to note that even though God's name is never mentioned in the book of Esther, we can see his fingerprints all over the place. He sovereignly placed Esther in a position of tremendous responsibility at a critical time in history, and it's evident in her character and conduct that she was a woman of faith. So when it comes to Queen Esther and her story, I have a deep regard. I have had a long-time interest in her story. In fact, I remember sitting in church as a little girl, and sometimes instead of listening to the sermon, I would read from the book of Esther. Now, of course, I don't recommend tuning out your pastor, (laughs) but I am thankful God gave me an interest in Queen Esther because her experiences can help us so much in the situations we face today. It's been quite a while since I've taught about her, so I'm excited to welcome you into this study. I also encourage you to read all 10 chapters of Esther over the next few days so you can get the whole picture of her experiences. But for now, let me give you a brief summary. Esther was a Jewish exile who lived in ancient Persia, and that's the land we know today as Iran. 
She also was an orphan who was being raised by her cousin, Mordecai, and her story took place about 500 years before the birth of Christ. She lived in Susa, the capital, and although her Hebrew name was Hadassah, we mainly know her by her Persian name, Esther. She was a beautiful young woman, inside and out. So when the king, King Ahasuerus, decided he wanted a new queen, Esther was taken into the palace with numerous young women. She kept her Jewish heritage a secret due to Mordecai's instruction, and eventually Esther became queen of the Persian Empire. But during her reign, a death plot against the Jews was discovered, and she was called upon to intercede for her people. God chose Esther for this enormous task. And even though she sort of resisted at first, Esther did it. And because Esther spoke up when her input was not requested, the Jewish people were spared complete destruction. So not only did God choose Esther, he used Esther to protect his people, which is especially significant because our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born Jewish. And if the Jews had been annihilated 500 years before his birth, how would he have been born? Of course, God would have made a way to preserve his people and send his son, even if Esther had refused to intercede. But the point is, she obeyed God's call and demonstrated tremendous courage in the process. Okay, now that I've set the stage with this summary of Queen Esther's story, I want us to focus on a particular aspect of her journey. Please listen or turn in God's word with me as I read Esther 4, verse 15 through chapter 5, verse 3. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa, and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maidens also will fast in the same way. And thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and did just as Esther had commanded him. Now it came about on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's rooms, and the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. When the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight, and the king extended to Esther the golden scepter which was in his hand. So Esther came near and touched the top of the scepter. Earlier in chapter 4, Esther's cousin Mordecai sent a messenger to Esther after she'd been queen for about five years. This messenger revealed a death plot against the Jews and Mordecai's command that she plead for her people before her husband, the king. Queen Esther's initial response was for the messenger to remind Mordecai that everyone knew if a man or woman approached the king without being summoned, he or she would be put to death unless the king extended his golden scepter. 
So Mordecai's command put Esther in a life or death situation, and she resisted, and I I think that's very understandable. (laughs) Yet on further thought, Esther decided to obey, and that's where our scripture passage I just read picks up. Queen Esther commanded Mordecai to gather all the Jews in Susa together to fast for her, and she and her maids fasted as well. Now, this was a complete fast of no food or drink for three days, and that is not an easy task. I myself have never done that (laughs) as far as going without food or drink for that period of time. But this was what God put on Esther's heart. And God was in this as Esther and Mordecai and all the Jews fasted and prayed. God heard them. I love how God hears the cries of our heart. And he always answers in perfect wisdom. Maybe you need that reminder today. Open your heart to God in prayer, even fast, if the Holy Spirit leads you. I I just want to highlight to please use caution to protect your health if you are fasting, because you might even need to speak to your doctor beforehand if you have certain health needs. But I trust the Lord with this. He knows where you're at and what you need to do. So whether you simply pray or if you fast and pray, I just want you to know God hears your deepest cry when you come to him in Jesus' name. He loves you, and he will do what's best for you. In Esther's case, God blessed her obedience to him and strengthened her to go before the king. Even though her body was weak from fasting, God provided all she needed. He'll do the same for you. So the queen dressed in her finest apparel on the third day and stood in the king's court. That in itself is just a picture to imagine because, you know, think about being a queen and just putting on the very best garments you have and, you know, arranging your hair, just arranging your whole appearance for this monumental um, appointment that God has set for you, but the king has no idea you're coming. So this was Esther's shining moment of courage because it was the moment of life or death. She risked her well-being for the sake of others' well-being. That, that's a huge lesson because it's, it's just normal for us to have a desire to protect ourselves. But when we put ourselves out there, knowing that we can be harmed in some way, but we do it because we want to take care of someone else, that's beautiful. That's what God's heart is. Because think about the Lord Jesus Christ. I can see a beautiful picture of Christ in what Esther did right here. He also was willing to give his life that we might live for all eternity. And he did give his life. He poured out his precious blood, dying on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day 
by faith in Christ, we are forgiven of our sins and made alive forever. So let me ask you, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? I hope so. But if not, I urge you to believe in him today. And when we belong to Christ, he gives us the courage to stand. In today's world, that's increasingly important. Well, as I said, this was the moment of life or death for Queen Esther. How would King Ahasuerus respond to her presence there in his court? Verse 2 says, He extended to Esther the golden scepter which was in his hand. The king accepted Esther and received her with favor. He went on to ask what was troubling her and promised her up to half of his kingdom. You know, as I think about the whole story of Esther and, and the words God gave me for the Bible study I wrote, it's kind of challenging to think about a favorite part of the story. But this is it. This is the part that just resonates the most with me. And the reason is because it presents an incredible image of God's mercy and grace. Originally, when I wrote about this portion of scripture, I highlighted the grace and I didn't mention the mercy so much. But I see both right here because this king uh, pictures what God does for us in his mercy and grace. In his mercy, God withholds what we deserve, which is death. And in his grace, he gives us what we don't deserve, life. And ladies, it's all because of Jesus. Ephesians 1, 5 through 6 says, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. God accepts us in Jesus. Our faith in Christ brings us into the family of God. Our faith in Christ makes us his for all eternity. Esther was hungry and thirsty when she appeared before the king. She really didn't have anything to offer him. And it's the same with us. Titus 3, 5 through 6 says, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. We don't have to work hard to be saved. Ephesians 2.8 tells us, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. But I want to go further because once we are saved, it's vital for us to live under grace, not under a set of man-made rules or our own high standards. And that's why this section of Esther is so meaningful to me because 
I don't know how you like talk to yourself, but I can say from my own experience, I am very hard on myself. I have extremely high standards (laughs) and I have had to learn over the years as my friend would put it, to get over myself. Like, I just need to not be so picky about every little thing. Now, when we're serving the Lord and living for the Lord, I think it's important for us to strive for excellence. That's, you know, we're serving the living God. It's not just a ho-hum little, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. God's gracious. I can do whatever I want. And, it, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, that's that's not okay. <laughs> But, you know, think about how Esther, she put on her most beautiful and best garments. She fasted. She prayed for three days. She did everything she could to, to do what was right. And, and that's all we can do. We can do our best. But, you know, our best is not enough. We need Jesus. And we need to always remember that we are accepted in the beloved. And I think Romans 6 verse 14 is so encouraging because it tells us, sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So when we find ourselves just being super hard on ourselves, we need to remember, first of all, God is our master. And he has already accepted us in Christ. We don't have to carry this burden of, of doing everything perfectly and, and just being perfect. Although we want to strive to honor God in our lives, we want to pursue righteousness. We want to be holy as God is holy. But we are going to sin. We are going to mess up. We are going to fail. And God is gracious. He's so gracious. And we need to remember that we are recipients of his grace. Uh, verse 2 in Esther 5 goes on to say that, that after the king extended his golden scepter, Esther stepped forward and touched it. And to me, that's a picture of her receiving his grace. And we need to do that too. We need to receive God's grace and not be continually hard on ourselves. Oh my, thank the Lord for his goodness. And my grandmother used to say, thank God for God. And, and I think, you know, thank, thank God for Jesus, who is God. <laughs> he made a way for us to be in a right relationship with God. We can't do it on our own. The Lord Jesus Christ is the beautiful garment we put on. He wraps us in his righteousness, his robes of righteousness. We are clothed with Christ by faith in him. And we need to walk in confidence, not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus. So, We belong to God who accepts us in Christ. And ultimately, we answer to God alone who is gracious. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your gracious heart. Thank you for your mercy. And God, we are your children by faith in Christ. We thank you for Jesus, for clothing us in his righteousness. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would move forward from this message reminded of your mercy and your grace and your power in each one of our lives. Use us, God. Use us in mighty ways to impact other people's lives for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' precious and powerful name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for joining me for episode five, and I trust in the days to come, we'll remember Queen Esther, who was obedient, courageous, and accepted. And most of all, as we remember Esther, let's adore our Jesus, who gives us an indestructible life. Please tune in to episode six on January 24th, and until next time, This is Emily Wickham. Hey, if you've been blessed by the teaching in this podcast, please leave a review that will encourage others to listen. And remember, God loves you. In Christ, you're indestructible.